was. And uh, God used them in a mighty way. And, and I feel like this, these reformers during the medieval times ought to be encouragement to us that even these days seem dark and there's so many things going on. I believe that with the movies that are coming out and the different things that are happening, I believe that God is setting up this nation for another revival in the name of Jesus. Amen. You say it's awfully bad right now. Have you ever seen what it was like in the medieval times? I mean, it was worse than it is now. And God brought revival. Amen. And so the more darker it is, the more the light shines and the more glory God re receives. Amen. This Dutch reformer, known as one of the greatest minds in history, listen to what he says. He, he, he said it before we even heard Kenneth Copeland said, I believe in the power of the printed word. I believe in the power of the printed word. And he rescued fallen theology. He exposed abuses within the Catholic Church and he lived to advance learning. He believed that learning was so important. Listen to one of his quotes. And th th this is a heart of a disciple. And I want to encourage you about this quote. When I get a little money, I buy books. And if I have any left over, I buy food and clothes. Now that's hunger. That's hunger. Buying books. I want to encourage you, you cannot have a library big enough. I have at least 18 uh, bookshelves with books because you can't have enough books. Some people can't have enough guns. I can't have enough of both. <laughs> Listen to this. Give light and the darkness will disappear of itself. You keep feeding the word and whatever you're battle battling starts growing dimmer and you start growing stronger. Listen to what he said. He's the one who said this. Prevention is better than cure. Listen to this. By a carpenter, mankind was made, and only by a carpenter can mankind be remade. He who allows oppression shares the crime. And he was talking to the, the pope and the priest in this area that says, you, you call this a crime, but you're worse than that. No one respects a talent that is concealed. Listen to this. He said this one. A nail is driven out by another nail. Habit is overcome by habit. Listen, of all things, a priest, you're going, to, you're going to recognize this quote. It's this priest that said this quote. Women, you can't live with them and you can't live without them. <laughs> I don't know what type of priest he was, but he said that. Anyway, he's the one who, that was his quote. Humility is truth. Listen to this. I love this. Take this. Your library is your paradise. Isn't that something? And tonight, I'm, I'm going to get into some things, but this is another quote he said. I take it that every Christian delivers himself up wholly to God in his baptism when he renounces all the pomps and vanities of Satan and enlists himself as a soldier to fight under Christ's banner all of his life after. How many want to follow Christ all of your life? Amen. And uh, another quote is, Jesus commanded to, to all who receive his gift of life, the gift of salvation, is that they should be baptized in water. This is a call not merely to observe a duty, but more importantly, to experience a dynamic. Obedience to the commands means setting oneself like a river-like pathway of submission to the Lordship of Christ. A commitment to pursue discipleship is one dead to sin, but alive to God through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I want to talk to you tonight about water baptism, but before you say, oh, I know all about water baptism, 
there are people, and it's okay to be rebaptized. I want to tell you right now, it's not disrespectful to your parents to be rebaptized because you were baptized as a child and you got baptized older. I was a child when I was got baptized at six years old, but then I got baptized later on by my dad uh, down in the Caribbean when we were down there. I, I had a conviction, I had a greater revelation of water baptism. But for those who are saying, I've already been water baptized, let me share something with you. Water baptism, there's two sacraments, which means doctrinal truths to live out and continue to live out. And there's two sacraments in the evangelical church. There's seven in the Catholic, but there's two in the evangelical church. And the two sacraments to the Protestant evangelical church is water baptism and the Lord's Supper. These are two things that you just don't do one time, but you do continually. And so what I want to tell you as we get into this tonight, water baptism is not about what you did when you were dunked under it's a lifestyle that you live daily. I decide to live what I acted out years ago. And, and I want you to get a hold of this, this, this life of discipleship, the theology and the sacrament of, 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 uh, of, of water baptism is that every day, like Paul says, I die daily. Or I receive the revelation that I am dead. Now, now I, wanna, I wanna give you a little nugget here. As I've been studying and there's different words you find in the Greek and the Hebrew, the word commit and when we have a funeral, a lot of times the gravesite, we will say, I commit the body of our loving, whoever they were, into the arms of God. And, and in Argentina and in the olden days here in the States, you would say, I commit this body, and they would start to lower the casket at that moment when you would say, I commit the body of so-and-so. When you're baptized in water, you are committing the old person you were to a burial. And I want to liken it to this. And I thought of this idea. I thought this might be a good idea. It's more or less like when they buried bin Laden at sea. Why did they bury bin Laden at sea or committed his body at sea? They didn't want the Muslims to find his body to save it and build a shrine to who he was. So they, come on, are you hearing me tonight, church? So they took bin Laden and they committed his body or he was buried at sea so his body could never be found again. When you and I are baptized in water, we are buried in the sea of forgetfulness. Come on now. So that the old man cannot be found again and that you are raised in newness of life. Can I hear an amen? Now, something very interesting here. I don't have it in my PowerPoints. But in Mark chapter 3, Jesus is starting his ministry. And they come to him in, in verse 33 and they, verse 32. And they said, uh, your mother and your brothers are outside asking for you. Jesus responded, who do, you, who do you think are my mother and brothers? Looking around, taking everyone seated around you, he said. Right here in front of you, my mother and my brother. Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my brother, my mother, and my sister. When Jesus was baptized, he stopped being the son of Joseph and Mary, and he stopped being the carpenter, and he became the Messiah. When you were baptized, whoever you were before, you are not that person anymore, and your ties are not with the people from your past. Your ties are for the Savior you've given yourself to, and you have been immersed into. Now, I'll tell you something interesting about the word immersion. It, it's a Roman word from the Romans' times when they would uh, pickle. When they would take pick, uh, cucumbers and immerse them into jars with vinegar. And the pickle had to be totally submerged in the vinegar and then topped off to become pickles. 
Well, that word submerged means we have to be totally submerged and to become one with Christ. That is not we that live anymore, but it's Christ who lives within us. Can I hear an amen? And I want you to see here in Matthew 3.15, it says, but Jesus said, it should be done, talking about being baptized, it should be done. Everybody said it should. It has to be done for we must carry out all. Somebody shout out all. All that God requires. Baptism is a commandment by God because it's explained as tying the knot with Jesus Christ. It's a covenant of marriage beginning with Jesus when we're baptized because we become one with him. And it says, we should carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. And, and this he was emerged. Now listen, the word to baptize means, listen to this, if you're taking notes, baptize means to place something into something else. When you become baptized, you become identified, not of who you are in the past, but who you are now in Christ Jesus. In baptism, you become one with him. You are baptized or you are placed into something else. Now get this. The word baptism means to be overwhelmed. And when you look at the word immersed, it's used in the word of God over and over again that it's a life of being immersed, not only in water, but you need to learn to be immersed in the word of God. We are redeemed, we are renewed, we are delivered by the washing of the water of the word of God. We need to be immersed into the word. But listen, when you study this word immersed, it doesn't only mean to be baptized, it means that you've got to be overwhelmed and immersed in whatever you love the most. For example, some people say, he is always immersed in his work. His work, he's always working. Or he's immersed in this, that, and the other. Some parents, I like the example from Facebook. Some parents are immersed into their children. That all they can do is post about their children. And I know you love your children, and that's good. But can you imagine that if you would be as immersed into Christ the Messiah as you are in your children, if you would praise Jesus as much as you do your children? Come on now. If you would be immersed in Christ and who he is and his word like you are about other things, can you imagine the victory you'd walk in? Are you listening? It's not just something that happened in front of all the people and they all cried when they immersed you in water. It's a lifestyle. It's a daily being immersed, not only in water, but being immersed in Christ Jesus. It's the ritual of washing. And what's interesting about the ritual of washing hands is that in the Jews, when they wash their hands, they wash their hands once and dry it. Wash their hands twice and dry it. Wash their hands three times and dry it. And then after, uh, uh, two times. Then after the third time they wash their hands, all they do is shake the water off. They don't dry it because it's a symbol that it's God who washes the tears from the eyes. When you're washed in the water of the word, like Naaman the leper, those things that was contaminating and killing you has to be freed from you so that you could be set free and that the things and the pain that you went through, Christ wants to wipe those tears and he wants to heal you of your past and he wants to make a new way for you to walk in and flow with him and come to know him in a, in a greater way. Can I hear an amen? 
It also means to dip a cloth into a dye for the, with the desire of the color you desire for it to come out. How many desire to be like Jesus and look like Jesus, talk like Jesus, and think like Jesus? Be immersed in his word till I talk like him, I think like him, I act like him, I respond like him, to be like Jesus, to stay teachable and flexible. Because in the beginning, it says, the world was without form, but the spirit of God hovered over the waters, and then everything that was was created by God. When you're baptized in waters, that's why water baptism is just not a ritual here. How many of you know that some of our greatest services are when we're baptized and we have water baptism? It's because there's a, the presence of God comes in here. Because let me share something with you. It's at that moment Jesus said, we have to carry out all that God requires. What is one of the number one need among men in America? to have their father tell them, I'm pleased with you. It'll heal a man like that for their dad to finally say, I'm proud of you, I'm pleased with you. Affirmation of a father. When you're baptized, the heavens open. You get to start seeing things you've never seen before and you get positioned to hear things you never heard before. And one of the things, first things you need to see and realize is that when you do what God desires, it opens the windows of heaven and that you are dipped into the blood of Jesus Christ and you're raised to walk in a brand new life, a life of being baptized and being one and unified with him. Isn't that good news? And so when you do this, guess what? God puts his name on you. Now you see a lot of cars around here. Uh, some of y'all have cars. How many have cars from Southern Chevrolet? Anybody? Okay, I'm, this ain't a trick question. Okay, let me, how many of you got cars from Walker? Anybody got cars from Walker? Okay. It's all Buick, Oldsmobile, Chevrolet, or we got somebody from Ford. I got, I better talk about Hickson. So we got, how many got Hickson? It's all Ford, but it's got to pass the requirement to have the name Ford and the name Hicks and the name Southern to be put on it. When you get back, when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior, God wants to put his name on you. Wherever you go, he wants you to be a representative of him. So when you are baptized in water, you become a sharer of the covenant of grace. And, and you, he puts his name on you and he says, this is my work. This is what I'm building. And this is what I'm going to be pleased in. Baptism is a sacrament, which means a doctrinal truth that is to be aligned with, to show trust and faith. It's a sacred and a holy act. And so it's something that we have to do. It's established by two parties, which means that God makes the request and provides the provision and we just accept it and we do it with our hearts to be continually lived out and believed as a truth in our life. Water baptism into Christ makes us disciples to continue to receive from the Father what we desire to receive from him and to continue to grow. And this is the importance of water baptism. Once you're baptized and you start growing in the Lord, it's important and it's always put together. Not only be baptized, but also become an influencer and make disciples in all nations. Once you become with, one with Christ, he wants to start doing a work in you, not only for yourself, but also for others. How many know we baptized 19 people just a few weeks ago? Every, every one of those 19 people were preachers at that moment. Every one of their lives, though you may not know everything about their lives, every time they were buried and everyone was buried and, and raised up, they were preachers at that moment of what God did in their life, who they used to be, but now I can testify I'm not that person anymore. I'm a new person and those desires are broken and destroyed so they can walk a free walk and a free life. And so we thank God for those stories and then and those uh, testimonies. It says in Mark 16, 15 and 16, and he says, and then he told them, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and 
and is baptized shall be saved. And anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Matthew 28, 19. Therefore go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach them, teach these new disciples to obey all my commands I've given you and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of this age. So how many know baptism is something that is very important? And uh, as he got, the, he, he moved through those waters and he created the earth and he created everything. He's creating something in our lives to be an example of him. One of the greatest opportunities in water baptism, of course, is to be a witness. We need to know that that moment counts. Water baptism is an opportunity to overcome fears. It's a moment to humble ourselves as he did for us. And that's something I do want to share with you and for the benefit of those who might be listening to this tape in the future. One of the things that, that I've heard over the years in ministry is that, can you baptize me by myself because I don't want nobody to see me wet. I don't want nobody to see my makeup run. I don't want nobody to see my hair messed up. And one of the things about water baptism is you got to realize, do you realize how humbled Jesus was for us? Do you know what they say about crucifixion? That crucifixion, that the humiliation was more painful than the nails themselves. They would hang them up naked. And Jesus couldn't worry about what he looked like. He couldn't worry about his hair because he had a crown of thorns on. They had pulled his beard out of his face. They had punched him and, and hit him with a stick and, and mocked him. And he's asking us to take on that farm and to humble ourselves and not to worry about what we look like when we come out of the water, just to be thankful we're coming out a new person born again. I don't know about you, when my babies were born, they were pitiful looking and full of everything. But I grabbed them and I kissed them and I loved them and I was thankful that those little Yoda looking things full of everything, that's my babies. It didn't matter what they were covered like. It didn't matter what they were looked like. That was my blood and that was my bone. When you and I are baptized and we humble ourselves to obey God in this command and this sacrament, it doesn't matter what we look like to the public. What matters is what we look before the Father because he's the one who has to set his approval and say, this is my son, this is my daughter, in whom I'm well pleased. Amen. So it doesn't matter what I look like. All my concerns, I bow before you. I'm just thankful I'm born again. Baptisms is like... the the days of Noah then when Noah I know Noah's real big right now but one thing about it when those waters came everything that was was disappeared and everything was buried and what's interesting about him sending out the dove the dove flew out and came back representing that the earth is not through being healed yet the waters haven't recited once the waters recite the earth will be healed and we can live upon it once again well listen when you get baptized the Holy Spirit comes on you Holy Spirit comes in you and the a work of God and the healing of God as a beginning work. It's not a finished work, but it's a beginning work for you to be able to go as you continue to have a commitment to the Lord in your life. Matthew 3, 14 and 15 says, but John tried to talk him out of it, tried to talk Jesus out of being baptized. I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you, he said. So why are you coming to me? 
But Jesus said, it should be done for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. It's what God requires and it's what we must do. Acts 2.38, Peter replied, each of you must repent for your sins and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There is something about realizing that when we're baptized in water, that the Holy Spirit comes upon us and we get filled with the power that raised Christ from the dead and that we're not left to live our life on our own, but that power of God comes upon us so we can live a new way. Amen. Amen. Romans 8, I mean Romans 6, verse 3 and 4. Or have you forgotten that when you were joined with Christ in baptism, you were joined with him in his death? For we died and we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Somebody shout out new lives. New life. We got to get a revelation. Maybe when you were baptized, you were, listen, baptism is not how you join a church. Baptism is not something made up by a man. Baptism is a command given by God the Father and taught, thought, taught and showed through Jesus Christ. And so we gotta realize that when you're buried, when you join yourself with Christ to die in, in his death and you were, are raised with him to walk in newness of life, that the power that raised Christ from the dead comes working on the side of you and you're not left to live this life by yourself. You're not left to figure things out on your own. You become one with him, hallelujah. And that old man is dead. Somebody say with me, the old man is dead. I mean, he's buried. You don't want him hanging around anymore. Thank God. Water baptism... First of all, is an act of submission and obedience. Water baptism is the opening of a spirit life. It's not just an act done, but it's the beginning of a new life. Water baptism is a commitment to bury our old man at sea and to commit our old selves to the graves, to commit our lives to Jesus Christ, to be buried and immersed, but also to rise again in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. And just as he was buried, we were buried with him. And Romans 8:11 says that the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Jesus Christ from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies, this same spirit living within you. Thank God the spirit of God is living on the inside of us. Amen. Amen. Now I want to show you something here. I wanted to get this to this point. And it says in Colossians 2, 11 and 12, when you come to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. How many believe that power can raise you from the dead? Amen. Now listen, as I was reading that, I started thinking about, you know, water baptism took the place of the Old Testament covenant of circumcision. But Peter, even though he had walked with Christ and he had baptized many believers and he heard Christ's revelation on it, listen to this, Peter got confused on the doctrine of baptism and circumcision and he got confused in his ministry and he started making the converts get circumcised and water baptized. And Paul got with him and said, listen, circumcision's over. Circumcision is a sign through water baptism. And I want to talk to you about this, that, that circumcision is an Old Testament rite that is fulfilled in water baptism. And I know that for me to start talking about circumcision, some of you start getting real jittery and saying, oh my God, Russell Cobb is going to talk about circumcision. But I want you to get the revelation of circumcision. Circumcision means the removal involving the most private part of the body. 
This is the Old Testament definition of circumcision. The removal involving the most private part of the body. When we are baptized, God wants to remove the most tenderest, private parts of our hearts and our lives. And he wants to bury it and make our hearts soft so that we can start receiving the revelation of his word. Now, the word, when we're circumcised, it talks about cutting away the flesh or that which is carnal. The word carnal there means relating anything to physical or sexual needs or activities. Now, I don't think there's a bunch of children in here, and I'm not going to stay on this. But when you look up the word carnal and you study that word, it gives, one of the definitions is the word libido. And I'm not going to go into it because there's a bunch of young people in here. But when it talks about taking away that which is carnal, is that God wants to control the natural drives and urges of your life once you become born again. You have to allow him to control the drives that you inherited from, Abraham, from Adam and from mankind. You've got to allow that those drives be immersed and, 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 and God, God's, not that you're going to take it totally away, but you do everything in the right way. But God wants your drive to be more about him than the things you used to pursue in the past. Can I hear an amen? Now, there's something interesting here that I want you to hear about old circumcision rites in the Old Testament. The removal of this part does not stop or reduce or inhibit the use of that part of your body. The removal of that part does not stop or reduce or inhibit the part of that body. But the removal of it does not inhibit us from doing those things again. Now this was important about water baptism. That's why it's a lifestyle. When you're water baptized, it doesn't mean that the desires will be taken away from you. A lot of people get baptized and then they go right back into the world and then they go to another church and they get rededicated and they want to get baptized again. Going through water baptism is not going to take away the desires of the flesh. You still can do what you did before, but it's counted as sin. And so water baptism is not going to deliver you from doing what you did before crucifying the flesh daily and living a life of being a baptized son and daughter of God is what to keep you free from doing the things of the past. Can I hear an amen? So he wants to deal with the private parts of our life and, and he wants to deliver us, but we have to be willing to work on those areas to be set free. And, and prayer will not always deliver us from the works of the flesh. It's crucifying the flesh and circumcising those parts of our heart and our mind, allowing the Holy Spirit to deal with those that helps us to bring those things under control. Amen. I know everybody's real nervous about this subject, but it's okay. 1 Corinthians 10, look at this. I don't want you to forget, dear brothers and sisters, about our ancestors in the wilderness long ago. All of them were guided by a cloud. That cloud represents baptism that moved ahead of them. And all of them walked through the sea on dry ground. In the cloud and in the sea, speaking of baptism, all of them were baptized as followers of Moses. In other words, 
Four decades or, or 400 years of slavery was written off when they walked through those waters representing baptism. Aren't you thankful that when you were baptized, all the old past and lifestyles was erased from your past, was erased from your life, that you could walk through there and be free and not be slaves anymore, those things that held you down if you desire to be free. Amen. When we get baptized in water, we rise to new power found in the Holy Spirit. We rise to new life, new power. We have the ability to break bondages, to be free in Christ, to rise and walk in life-giving power, and to walk underneath the open heaven of freedom. Here in Matthew chapter 3, verse 16 and 17, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were what? Open. Opened. Now, there's something interesting here. Getting back to circumcision. Once Abraham was circumcised, Sarah conceived and had Isaac. After those things that God has been dealing with you about, about us getting out of our lives, conception of the open heaven can happen in our lives. The word we need. Now I'm talking now. I need a word from God. You need to circumcise the flesh and God will open your ears and your eyes to see and to hear. You hear what I'm saying? So many times we're, we're living a lifestyle that's not pleasing to God. Therefore, we cannot, we cannot live underneath the open heaven that baptism brings to us so that we can hear from God clearly because we're practicing and listening and doing things that we shouldn't. Therefore, the heavens are closed and we can't hear God. We can't see God. And that's why you hear so many believers say, Pastor, I, I can't even feel God in my life. I don't even see God working in my life. Well, that's the time to back up and say, Holy Spirit, is there something in my life that is grieving or quenching the Holy Spirit? When Jesus came out of the waters, the heavens were opened, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove. Here comes the Holy Spirit, and setting on him, and a voice. Somebody shout out a voice. voice. A voice, a voice. When you live under an open heaven, and you lived a life that has been baptized, the voice from heaven will say, this is my dearly beloved son who brings me great joy. When you walk a life of baptism, when you stay immersed in God, get a hold of this. The invisible becomes visible when you're reading the word what you didn't get before you get wow i got that when you're praying something gets and jumps down in your spirit i got that it's because you're living that life and you're functioning that new dimensions under father's approval and you're hearing those things that you need to hear because listen so many people say you know um jesus knew he had the father's approval listen he had a he was a man he needed to hear his father's approval we need to hear god's approval and that's from living a life that is clean and free before him i want to finish by reading to you what martin luther had to say about baptism he says what does baptism mean it means that the old adam in us together with all the sins and evil desires should be drowned through daily repentance drowned in daily repentance and to be put to death and the new Adam should come for, for, shall, should come for daily uh, resurrection and be cleansed and righteous and to live forever in God's presence. So when we live a life that is baptized and, and pure and clean before God, we can live a life in God's presence and we can feel his presence within us. But we need to bring those evil desires and drown them. Can I hear an Amen. Sometimes there's some things in our life we've got to really deal with. The church has gotten so much like the world 
that there's no shame and no embarrassment. People live together, people sleep together, and yet walk through church like there's nothing to be ashamed of. If we want to see revival, the church has to repent. The church, we, we have to clean up our act. We have to get serious about God. We have to treat church like it's something real, something important, and we're just not coming in to get it over with and then leave, and, and people are coming up. We had an eight-year-old boy come up with others to get saved Sunday morning, and people are in a hurry to leave, and, and, and I let out 10, 15 minutes early. Reverence and all, respect in the presence of God. But see, if I'm not daily going and, and drowning me, reminding myself you're not the boss, you're not in control, your libido is not in control, your natural desires is not in control. I have to drown myself daily. I've got to take myself once again. It's not I that live, but Christ who lives in me. And I've got to drown that attitude. I've got to drown that anger. I've got to drown whatever it is that's trying to control me. I've got to drown it. habits. I've got to take those habits and drown it because I am now resurrected to walk in the power of Jesus Christ. And an open heaven is more important than me living the lifestyle I desire to live. Hearing the voice of God. Church, do you hear me? Yes. Hearing, you and I, hearing the voice of God is more important and more satisfying than anything that our flesh cries out for. On open heaven, this has to be, we have to please God. I have to have the spirit of God upon my life. I have to surrender my way to him. I have to do what God wants me to do. That's more important than me having my way. And so, you know, you say, why did we have to study on water baptism and we could have studied on so many other things? It's part of the doctrine and it's part of the commands of Jesus Christ. And, and I, like I said, I want to remind you, it's not just something you did, it's something we do and will continually do. And it's something that, that we have to do daily. Because we want to see revival. Amen. We have to be apart from the world. We have to be died to where we don't look anything like Rome or, or the old way or this world. We've got to look like Christ. Amen. So I want you to stand up. And I want to encourage you to continue your fight on the flesh. Continue, we continue our fight as disciples of Christ to grow in him. But we continue with a desire to be immersed in his word and to immersed in scripture, immersed in meditation, immersed in prayer, immersed in fasting. Some of those things don't go but by prayer and fasting. I want to encourage you to fast and pray and, and, and just get immersed. And, and God, I, I need this out of my life. I need a move of you in my spirit. Amen. So Father, we come before you tonight and we just place ourselves upon the altar. And Lord God... We, we come to be reminded that we're called living sacrifices of you. And once again, Father, we place ourselves upon the altar, Lord, to, just to sacrifice our own selfishness, our own worldliness, our own desires. And we come to be reminded that even as Jesus 
was baptized in water to show that he totally surrendered his old life to accept the new. And we know that the water of baptisms is when the Holy Spirit came upon him and began to lead him and empower him against the temptations of the enemy. Lord, we praise you right now that we have been baptized and we have received that power. The power of the Holy Spirit to guide and lead us, but also to empower us against the temptations of the enemy. The temptations that he would want to use to bring us down and to end the very beginning of what you're beginning to do. So Father, we just right now place our, our flesh, place our hearts, our lives before you. And we just thank you for reminding us that Lord, who we were and who, who, even who we are is buried. And what's alive and what we desire to be is that which is in your likeness. So that we can have your approval. That you can say, this is my son, this is my daughter who I'm well pleased in. Their lifestyle. The things they do, the places they go, what they say. This is my son and daughter. These are my disciples. So Lord, we praise you for reminding us. Thank you for the grace of the covenant that we can walk in your strength and your power. Thank you for the good work you've begun, you will finish. And as every head is bowed and every eye is closed, no one looking around. Maybe you're here tonight and there is something you have been fighting for a very long time or maybe there's something you're fighting right now that's very difficult and very hard we're not here judging you we're not here condemning you the Holy Spirit is here to help you and give you comfort in time of need if you're here tonight I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand it's between you and God it's a personal thing there's a place where God wants to go I just want to invite you to open your heart right now you may be worried about what it's going to cost you. It's worth the price. You might be, be being dealt with something that you know that you have, to, you have to drown. You have to destroy. You have to get rid of. Just ask you right now. Open your heart to Father. Open your heart to Holy Spirit. And let's just be rebaptized right now. Even in His Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come upon us right now. Whatever has to be removed, whatever has to be taken away, we ask you to give us the strength. Each and every one here, give them the strength. Give us the strength to take that and place it in your hands. And Lord, even as Abraham, to raise the knife of the word and destroy it. Lord, we don't want to be like the world. We want to be like you. We don't want to please ourselves. We don't want to please the world. We want to please you. Lord, as we read last week, we don't want to be someone outside of the crowd. We want to be the inside crowd. So, Father, I praise you right now for giving us the strength to overcome whatever needs to be overcame. And I thank you for giving us your spirit to be able to live that life in newness of life. And I give you praise and glory in Jesus' name.